welcome to part two of my chat with Arun Sudaman, the CEO and editor-in-chief of Provoke Media. At the end of part one, we started talking about how agencies are not catching up to the latest trends, especially with regards to working remotely. We begin part two by examining how agencies are reacting to this trend of digital nomads. How to build careers and get the best work out of digital nomads. If, if someone can kind of find that magic key, yeah. I think that's the answer. I don't know that any of us has, have really cracked it yet. Yeah. I'm, I'm telling my people, you know, why, why can't we hire from Pakistan? Why can't we hire from South Africa? Yeah. What's to stop us from hiring a copywriter in Cape Town? Yeah. What? People don't take me seriously. <laughs> so many people are saying now, oh, now that we're, we've got used to remote working, now we can hire from anywhere. And I'm like, okay, have you done it? No, but we're thinking about it. <laughs> it's not, people are talking about it. It's not really happening. This industry is great at talking about stuff without it happening. There are agencies that are virtual by design that do it, but they're a very small subset of this industry. And even they will tell you they probably don't do it as much as they should. They end up hiring people that look like them and sound like them and live in the same areas that they live in because it's just easier. But I agree with you. And, you know, we have the same issue at Provoke. We're, we're a virtual company. And so I'm always trying to think about breaking past the comfort zone in terms of talent and hiring practices. There's been a lot of superficial change, but there hasn't been enough fundamental change in the industry. And I, I feel that too. Obviously, I'm all for it, but I'm not fe- I'm feeling almost like I'm swimming against the tide. And I don't even work for a large conglomerate, right? I mean, Rudifin's mid-sized. Mm-hmm. But it's difficult to, for me to talk to someone in HR and say, I want to hire a copywriter. I want you to search globally. Mm-hmm. It, and it's almost as if they don't know where to start. And um, I don't know. I think it's a cultural shift that needs to happen. Even job ads, right? The, the classic job ad is title, company, location. I mean, location now is, I don't want to say it's irrelevant. It's definitely not a required field. So that needs to go. Once that goes, maybe then people will be more open to these kinds of conversations. The problem with, with any business is the bigger it gets, the more conservative it gets. Yeah. And the less comfortable it becomes with change. And that's a challenge. Do you see running a publishing business being different? Do you see Provoke evolving into something different over the next five or ten years? <laughs> Not especially. We'll do different things under the auspices of being a media company. But I think that's a pretty broad church to begin with. And I'm also not massively keen on um, doing more things in a kind of average manner. I've seen that happen a lot in the agency industry, right? Every fad and comes a horizontal expansion. I've always been quite worried that Provoke, we would end up expanding too much into different areas. I think it is important to say no to a lot of things. I've seen a lot of media companies move into various different areas, spend tons of money in video and this and that. It doesn't always pay off. You have to, at the same time, never rule out any possibility. Because I also hate the thought of um, of being too conservative. Right, or stagnating. Stagnating, or being opposed to change. You should always consider opportunities. Have a mindset of, yes, why not? Maybe this makes sense. 
One thing we did recently here in this part of the world is we formed a partnership with the Asia Pacific Association of Communication Directors, by which we are not only their content partner, but we run the whole organization. We run memberships and everything. So that is kind of horizontal expansion. Running a trade association is completely different from anything that we have done in the past. And when it, the opportunity came along, initially I was a little wary. I was like, well, this isn't really media or anything I'm used to. But then I actually thought well, it's probably a good idea that I can see some real benefits in terms of areas where we could collaborate and where it would help both brands and so on. So that's an example of, of an area where I think we could expand more. <laughs> and I guess you've also seen some of your competitors kind of fall by the wayside. I have. I, I guess I'll name them. You know, Mumbrella. Well, Mumbrella's problem was geographic expansion, right? Right, exactly. So they kind of shrunk back to their yeah, core which was strength. Not, yeah, so geographic expansion is usually, if you get geographic expansion wrong, it's because you have not thought through the model you need to succeed in different markets. Or maybe the personnel is wrong. I don't know what happened in Mumbrella's case, but Mumbrella's core business is really strong. So I think a bit different. But then even if you look at Mumbrella, right, if you look at what they do, they just do certain things really well. Mm. I think there is real value in that, in, in doing certain things really, really what well. What about the drum? I have to say, I don't know the drum all that well. I have dealt with one of the journalists in Singapore, Sean Lim, mm -hmm. who seems like a lovely guy. I think they've done really well. But, I mean, they're very, they seem to me very focused on advertising, which is probably why they come on my radar a little bit less. I think they've done really well, though, within that context. What's in your future? Do you see yourself doing this for the next 10 years, whether it's provoked in the form that it is today, or maybe it's pivoting to something greater? Or do you see one more career change for you? Do you want to you know, go off and be a hip-hop producer? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's that's a much harder business than than being in the media, for sure. I don't know. I'm quite happy with Provoke. Key thing for me is having a happy team and building a business where the team is happy and productive and fulfilled and feels like they are growing. We've expanded a lot over the last 11 years, right? We've grown, like we were two people now, we're like 12 people. It's still not a huge company, but from where we've come from, geographically, our footprint has grown a lot. But I think if you hit all of those points, then you don't need to worry too much about the grand scheme of things necessarily. I'm starting to realize this. You can get so caught up in worrying about where you're going to be in 10 years or 15 years that you forget to just enjoy every day and make sure your experience every day is happy and productive. Yeah. I think if you're always chasing that next great thing, exactly, then you kind of lose sight of the now, yeah. right? I think... This pandemic has been a real reminder of that for a lot of people. So that's what I'm more focused on now. And then we'll see what happens. I mean, we, we're ambitious, no question, at Provoke. We've done a lot over the last decade, but we want to do a lot more. Every area of the business we have now, I feel like we have the building blocks, but every area of our business could grow, could expand, could really elevate. I think the last year has demonstrated to us that we kind of hold a unique position in the industry and we're very valued, which is very encouraging. But also, I think, has kind of made us realize that we should maybe be a bit more bullish about what we're looking to do over the next decade. So obviously, you've, you've led a very interesting life. You've been around the world. You've traveled so much. If you look back at your childhood and the person that you were when you were 13, what advice would you give that person? Wow, 
that's a good question. This was on the questions you sent me, and I didn't give it any thought. So, so now I will. <laughs> um, be more confident. Be more confident. In general, don't assume that doors are closed to you. You can open doors. Everyone can open doors. And it doesn't matter where you come from necessarily or what your background is. You can still open doors. Did you feel that or did you believe that doors were closed to you? Certain doors, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, you know, I was a Indian. I was in a British school. I was a, in a minority and it was a colonial school. So that carried with it certain consequences. And also kind of path was expected to be in a certain direction towards things like medicine and the sciences and so on. Things that just didn't interest me at all. But the problem was I didn't feel like I had the necessary tools or even the permission to succeed in the areas that I was interested in, whether that was the arts or music or journalism. And I definitely felt somewhat excluded because of that. And this is not unique to me, I'm sure. You can find this experience amongst immigrant, third culture, whatever, communities all around the world. Is it like, as a person of color, of Indian descent, it's almost like culturally you, you have pressure to excel and therefore you need to go into traditionally lucrative careers. Yeah. And perhaps in that process, some dreams have been killed for a lot of people. Oh, oh yeah, for sure. And uh, but, but at the same time, you can't necessarily question the choices that people make, right? They're, they're often made for all the right reasons, right? You, you may decide to become a doctor because it's the best way to support your family. Uh, and you may have a, a big family to support back in India. And you may be the only person who's going to university. So you're, you're looking to maximize your earning potential. And the safest way to do that is to pursue a career in one of those fields, rather than becoming a musician or something like that, or, or liberal arts, areas that are not necessarily considered particularly well remunerated, let's say. So I would never question anyone who makes those choices and ends up in those careers. And it's always better, I think, to have a, a, as broad a universe as possible when you're trying to figure out what you want to do in life, and, and to not rule things out. But do you have any regrets that you didn't go into music, for example? Not really, no, because I've ended up as a journalist. I love my work. And musically, I still do a lot. I've released a lot of songs. I've released albums. I've worked on a lot of, collaborated with a lot of people here in Hong Kong. And, and you know, to be honest, in general, music as a full-time occupation in Hong Kong is difficult anyway, not just for South Asians. I mean, even for Hong Kong Chinese, it's hard enough, right? I think treating it as a hobby hasn't been a bad thing in the long run. So no, I don't have any regrets. I think people always benefit from having as broad a range of options as possible and, and, and not having things ruled out. Do you still have a lot of family in India? Yeah. yeah. What's, what's going on in India right now? It's, uh, it's just heartbreaking, really, to see. It's, um, it's harrowing, actually. There have been stories, many stories written that really encapsulate the horror of what's going on. Really the kind of criminal negligence by the country's leadership. I mean, essentially, it's a, it's a failure at the highest levels to prepare for for the second wave after handling the first wave quite well. And now it's a situation where, you know, you're seeing two, three hundred, four hundred thousand cases a day and official statistics is like 3,000 deaths a day, but people are saying as, as many as five times that. No one is untouched. I don't know a single Indian family that's untouched. 
everyone has a family member who's in hospital or worse. It's kind of mind-boggling. I checked in with my colleagues in India and you say, oh, I know mainstream media tends to sometimes paint a picture that's bleaker than it mm. actually is and I hope you guys are all right. And they actually told me the situation on the ground is actually worse, worse. Yeah, I than think that's what the true. media is portraying. I think it's true. I think I hear it from so many different sources, including my own family who are there. But yeah, I think the situation is worse. Uh, because I think that the stats are being underplayed anyway. Yeah. It's a humanitarian crisis, and there's many, many reasons for it. Some of them lie with India's leadership. Some of them lie with the vaccine policies that have been adopted by the US and the UK in particular. But whatever the reasons, the outcomes are quite clear now. What I dread thinking about is where is it going to end up? Mm. Because the runaway train is on the tracks. It's it's just going to go. Yeah, I, w I wouldn't like to speculate personally because I just don't know enough. I'm not an expert on COVID, but there's been a lot of journalism and a lot of talking to scientists and so forth who suggest it will get worse before it gets better. It's, yeah, that's uh, a yeah, scary thought. It's, it is scary. It's a really tough situation. Back, back to a happier subject. Mm. How do you define happiness in your life? I think if the people around you are happy, people you care about, if they're happy, I think that's a really a good recipe for being happy yourself. Would you say that you define your own happiness by the influence you have over yes. the happiness of the people exactly. around you, yeah. namely you your family? Yes, well, family and also my team as well. Yeah. yeah. If you can help make people closest to you happy, whether that's your family, obviously, most importantly, but also the people you work with because you end up spending more time with them than you do with your family. If you can do that, I think you'll end up being reasonably happy. How do you define yourself? Do you define yourself in terms of success as a father, as a husband, as a boss? How, how, <laughs> how, how does it interplay for you? Wow, that's a tough question. I guess where I'm coming from is obviously I have no family, I have no children. Yeah. You know, I have a partner, but I'm not a provider. But I'm assuming that as a provider, it's, yeah. you know, that's a part of your psyche. To an extent, but I try not to define myself in terms of success because it's a slippery slope. I mean, honestly, as a journalist, you'll never earn as much as. I have contemporaries who will be making 10 times as much money than me working in investment banking and so on. So I, I'm wary of using those kinds of metrics for success. But I do think that if you can contribute beneficially to people's lives around you, that's as good a way as any, I guess, to define yourself. So that means, yes, being a good father, a good husband, a good colleague, good manager, good employee, good teammate. Just don't take things too seriously, I think, and be kind. Don't get angry. Don't hold grudges. Taking things too seriously is often the... But how do you fight this urge to have more? I, I think training your mind to accept that enough is good enough is very difficult for people in the modern age. Yeah, especially in... The especially maybe in our generation, I don't know, um, us Gen Xers, um, 
And like you said, comparison, right? Yeah. You know, investment bankers. Yeah, but then I just think to myself, yeah, but I don't have to work the hours that they do, yeah. Yeah. right? You you see all these stories about people at Goldman's and so on and the lives they lead. I know tomorrow, if I want to, I can get up and do two hours work. And okay, I wouldn't advise this because there's probably more work that needs to be done. But I know I can do it if I want to. I know I can say to someone on my team, look, you're having a hard time. Just do half an hour today. They don't even ask me anymore because we've reached that level. Exactly. We've reached that level of trust. It's it's a constant struggle. You've got to always be aware of the, the disease of plenty or whatever they call it, right? Always wanting more of everything. It's not a recipe for happiness at all or success. I think it's just far more important to, to recognize what makes you happy and then pursue that. Which in your case is the happiness of other people makes you happy. I have found that. Yes. I'm, I'm, maybe that's not the only thing, but I found that when that happens, then more often than not, that makes me happier. Just think, you know, the broader mental health conversation is really important here. This whole idea of hustling, being super productive, working all the hours in the day, well, the whole way we were brought up, right? When I look back at my career 10 years ago, that's kind of all I did was work. And look, I'm really grateful in a way for that. And I appreciate that you have to work sometimes. I mean, you don't always have the choice, really. But I do think we need to be more honest about what makes people happy and the risks of, of being unhappy. And work can contribute to that. I think it's really dangerous to get into this mind state where... Hedonistic. Well, hedonistic, but not even hedonistic sometimes, right? Hedonistic at least implies you're seeking pleasure, right? Okay, I mean, maybe there's some serotonin going on when you work long hours right but it's an addiction we are constantly told less so now but we were constantly told that we have to work as hard as we can and hustle as hard as we can and as a journalist you're definitely that's always reinforced you can never really switch off what about if we take other people out of the equation and yep. it's just a rune in a room yeah what what is happiness what would make you happy in isolation <laughs> Is it listening to Yeah, so, oh, well, then in that case, you know, if it's just me on my own, if... The usual things, right? Literature, music, exercise, uh, running, trail running. So maybe not in a room. <laughs> um, those things, yeah, those, those things are all really important. So you're generally a self-sufficient person, you know. You're happy within yourself. Oh, yeah. And you're, yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't need to have people around me to be happy, if, yeah. if that makes sense. You know what I mean? I'm not an extrovert at all. I can be pretty self-sufficient. I've always found you very serene. <laughs> Just you're, you're, the way you hold yourself, the way you move through the world. I don't think I've ever seen you agitated or impatient. or. But I think, honestly, that's because I don't take it, any of this too seriously. It, maybe it's just a natural characteristic, I don't know, but I just don't think it's worth it. I've never seen the benefit of getting too worked up, yeah. too excited. Or being too much into it, right? So, because to a certain extent, I, I kind of see you as, you see yourself as a bit of an outsider. Yeah, but then I think that's also because as a journalist, you, you tend to need that outsider perspective. Um, and also, I think I've always been an outsider to an extent, right? You grew up in Hong Kong. 
as an Indian, you're not. In, I've never been in the majority anywhere I've lived. Hmm. Right. So yeah. it's not a bad frame of mind, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. In in a way, it almost trains you to observe, observe, yeah. and be content and and just be comfortable in your own skin. I think that's really important. Yeah, that's I think really important in terms of being happy. That's probably the most important thing. Yeah. Thank you. So you've answered. <laughs> the question no, I think the I think being comfortable in your own skin really 100% most important thing don't do anything because you think it's required of you or I think you have to understand what what works for you what makes you happy and then pursue that yeah exactly exactly Thanks, Arun. That was Thank really, you. really good. Yeah, I um, hope you can use all of it. It's oh, quite wide range. There's probably a lot of it that, that <laughs> I, I would have to uh, snip out for confidential reasons. <laughs> um, yeah, but no, sure. this was good. Thank you so much. Cool. Thank you. Such a pleasure. Thank you.